do you or do you find yourself maybe uh, asking for for the stuff that you went through for the negative stuff that you went through in in the back of your mind maybe uh not being conscious about it but in yourself uh, in your uh, subconscious asking for that failure do you absolutely i don't ask for it yeah. but i'm okay with it because without it i'm not who i am today without Caden failing i would have got out of baltimore baltimore was not where i needed to be it wasn't a good place for me it wasn't a good place to raise a family and i needed to get out of there and without Caden failing it would have happened without you know being fired from merrill lynch and without being fired from the construction company both my fault one was my fault one was just bad luck i would have never got into coaching football and football i would have got into being a custodian Welcome to another amazing episode. Uh, today, I got Marquez Ogden. He has a pretty amazing story. He was drafted uh, in the NFL in 2003. He played for five years. Um, I want to go, I want to know, we want to know what team he played for. And then five years later, um, he, he got out or he retired from the NFL and he started his own construction company. Now he's a motivational speaker. He talks all over the, uh, the United States. Um, and, uh, and we want to hear the story. We want to learn how, how to uh, obtain that success. He also has a, a he, it's an amazing story because he, even though he's successful right now, he actually, he actually uh, had a couple of failures during his trajectory to, uh, to success. So uh, it's pretty amazing when, when people, you know, um, are hit in the face, like Mike Tyson said, everybody has a, 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 a plan until they get punched in the face. You got punched in the face, you got up again, and now you're, you're, you're back in the fight. So I love it, man. So uh, if you could please take over, uh, let us know a little bit of your story, and then we'll go into the uh, actionable steps. Sure, man. So, Jeremy, I'm from, um, my name is Marcus Ock. I'm from Washington, D.C. I was drafted to the National Football League. Uh, I went to Howard University, a historical black college in Washington, D.C. Uh, I was drafted from Howard to the NFL. I'm the first and only offensive lineman ever drafted into the NFL from Howard, which I'm very you know, honored and pleased to be a Bison and got to the National Football League. Had an amazing career, was around some great owners, great players, learned a lot, got out of the NFL. I struggled for about six months, German, with alcohol addiction, uh, painkillers, nightlife, gambling, because I didn't have a plan. I didn't have ambition. You know, I wrote a book called The Success Cycle, which talks about ambition, drive, and hard work. And ambition is your purpose, German. Like, what are you going to do every day when you get up? What drives you? I didn't have that. And then after feeling sorry for myself, I started a construction company, real estate company. And within the first three years, we became the largest African-American subcontracting business in the city of Baltimore, in the state of Maryland, for two years and it was absolutely phenomenal uh you know we were an eight-figure business but unfortunately german as the company grew so did my ego and my ego got in the way and i became really self-centered very arrogant but most importantly german like i tell my clients never get mesmerized by your early success but i did that as a result of that i put myself in a position where i lost my best employee and then six months later, like he predicted German, bankrupt, lost 
business shut down, uh, all my projects. I, you know, I, I put about close to two and a half to $3 million of my money in one project in downtown Baltimore. I got over leveraged. I made a big mistake and I trust a client that I shouldn't have. And because of that, German, I made, I went bankrupt and I lost everything home foreclosed on both cars repossessed in the same day, completely lost everything. And I had to start over. I moved to Raleigh, North Carolina, where I'm at currently. And when I got here, German, I had $400 to my name. That's all I had left. After that really bad mistake, I lost it all. Man, let me ask you, were you, did you have a family when all this happened? Great question. So I met my, <laughs> my now wife, I met her on Match.com in June 2012. And so she moved in with me in November 2012. And in February 2013, I was preparing to declare a Chapter 7 bankruptcy. And I gave her the option, Jeremy, I said, hey, you know, you didn't sign up for this, you know, do you want to stay? Do you want to go? You know, and she could have gone with her parents and all this other stuff. And I just would have been like on my own figuring it out. But she said, no, I'm going to stay. You were successful once, you know, you just got to get rid of the bad people. You have to start over again. You're going to have to work. And when I got here, German, I had a job with Merrill Lynch. I have a degree in finance from Howard, was working there for a short time, got fired after two months, all my fault. I was so concerned about getting out there and trying to sell myself. I forgot to study and my exams were going horribly and they fired me. Got a job the next day to a construction company, German, company truck, phone, laptop, first week's pay. I'm like, yes, I'm back. Fired five days later. They shut down the parts of the organization. Bam, I'm out of a job. And I just started, man, coaching football to the youth. Well, after I cried on the couch for a full day, my wife said, okay, well, excuse my fiance at the time. Okay, you cry one day, finish up your crying today. Tomorrow, get up, get moving. Let's go fix this and don't sit around and started coaching football. And then I ended up not making enough money doing that. Then I took a job as a custodian. And that's when I had a rock bottom moment, German. And that was what turned me around and said, if I don't wake up right now, it's called my spoiled milk moment. Somebody's trash and rotten meat and banana peels and horrible protruding garbage, German. Got with my body, my skin, my clothes, taking out the trash on my ship like I always did. But it was 4.30 in I couldn't see. I had a rip in the bag and just went to throw it in the trash and whoop, all that force came back on me. But without that moment, German, I don't really, I feel what I do called the wake up call. And at that time, I stopped blaming everybody else, my business partner, uh, the developer, the contractor, my real estate partners, my employees. I said, Marcus, you're the one that put yourself here. You need to get out of this, nobody else. And that's when I started doing speaking and trying to get myself going. And then it, it took me a while, it took me two and a half years to get myself going back again. I finally got into speaking, got a little more consistent. And now I've worked for many companies. Now I'm getting into real estate deals and I'm doing very well. But again, I'll always have that attitude of never let success mesmerize you, mesmerize you. So I'll never again go back to what I was. That's, that's awesome, man. I love the story and I got so many questions to ask you. Uh, so I think, I think we all go through something like that. Um, and I'm a, I'm a very uh, spiritual guy, right? Even though, I mean, I got my flaws, obviously. Uh, but let me ask you this. Do you, do you believe in the law of attraction? Absolutely. 
Okay. And I'm asking this is because I find myself sometimes asking for things, even in, and I'm, I'm just like you, I take responsibility, even though it's a process. Sometimes you, you don't want to look at yourself in the mirror. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but, but then after you reflect on, on all the actions and all the thoughts that you have, because we, we tend to be very negative, right? We've got, we've got to flush all that. Um, but do you, or do you find yourself maybe uh, asking for, for the stuff that you went through, for the negative stuff that you went through in, in the back of your mind, maybe uh, not being conscious about it, but in your, self, uh, in your uh, subconscious, asking for that failure, do you? Absolutely, I don't ask for it, yeah. but I'm okay with it because without it, I'm not who I am today. Without Caden failing, I would have got out of Baltimore. And Baltimore was not where I needed to be. It wasn't a good place for me. It wasn't a good place to raise a family and I needed to get out of there. And without Caden failing, it would have happened. Without you know, being fired from Merrill Lynch and without being fired from the construction company, both my fault, one was my fault, one was just bad luck. I would have never got into coaching football. And football, I wouldn't have got into being a custodian because I wasn't making enough money. And one of my clients, she owned a business and needed some night help as a custodian. So I took it. And so without these things happening to me, I'm not here today because I really believe I would not have woken up to be where I'm at today when I woke up in 2013, September from that spoiled milk rock bottom moment, without that German, I'm not here because I would have continued to play the victim mode. I would continue to play, even though I was working and doing things, even though my wife said, like, get off the couch and all that, I still had that, you know, that, that, you know, that, that, uh, that self pity. I still was in that poor Marcus, victim Marcus, everybody took advantage of Marcus. Marcus was a grown man and he made some mistakes. He got into a real big game of construction, real estate development, was doing well for a while, but he lost sight of the most important commodity, people. And once my best people started to leave German, that was just the end of it because I didn't have anybody to really run any checks and balances to help me keep out of trouble because when people tried to talk to me, I shunned them, I didn't listen. And once that happened, they stopped talking to me. Once my best employee left, it just became the Jenga downfall of everything else spiraling out of control. So can we call that arrogance? I call it ego, but same thing. Oh, it, it was ego? Okay, got it. Okay, no, that's perfect. Man, I, I love it. Uh, but let's let's go back. So for, for the younger people that might be listening to, to this huh? episode, right, and they... They want to be, you know, into sports. Sure. And they and they might might hear your stories like, okay, well, this guy was in the NFL. Why the hell did he move out? And and you said you don't have a plan, right? And maybe your plan wasn't to to be on the NFL uh, for so long. But if you reach that point that a lot of people want to be in, which is like to be at that level, right? I mean, the NFL, a uh, very huge organization, used to getting there. Not everybody gets, you know, just to be drafted. Um, what made you decide to, to get out five years later? So I had some injuries from a back issue and then I just kind of like wasn't playing at my best because my father passed away. And then I just didn't have the same passion I had for the game. But a lot of times, German, the game just divorces you. 
It's just like, yep, you've been here, you've played your time, you've given your service, you've used your body, we've paid you for your service, now it's time to move on. And this is why a lot of athletes end up having financial trouble because they get divorced from football. And then sometimes when they're married and they've been living a lifestyle of fame and fortune and on the road and you know in you know with your guys and you're not home very much and then you come back into the home which is your wife's domain and you're trying to adjust and you all sometimes butt heads then there's been times where uh wives feel i've read an article about this that the ex-player is like a child instead of a husband because they're not making money like they used to not provide like they used to and then what happens is you know, if you, been a, if you were a huge player, you made great money, but I tell you, by you make great money, you get big taxes. You have to pay, you know, you have to get taxed on the game. Your side bonus gets taxed. Your game check gets taxed, all this stuff. And then what happens is sometimes some players just don't handle that divorce from the game well, which will do what, German? Come into the home life. And then unfortunately, sometimes it happens where Divorce happens. I read one of my good friends who works with a lot of NFL retired players for one of the teams was telling me that, you know, 70% of African American NFL athletes, two years after retire within two years of retirement, German, are divorced. No. Are divorced. And so then that whole financial thing of having to give up half to your spouse, and you have to have child support or spouse support. So then what happens is all that money they've made, the lifestyle they can't keep up, they have a divorce that happens. Like this. So there's a lot of moving parts. And that's what I try to tell everybody. The game is phenomenal. But once you're done with the game, if you don't have a plan and the game you know, disregards you, not you, like, you know, if you're like my brother who's in fact, he walked away, Barry Sanders walked away. There's a few of us that Peyton Manning that walked away. But most of us are, you know, you're done. And if you yeah. don't handle that transition well, German, it can really be catastrophic in your everyday life. Good, uh, awesome. Uh, so once you once you got out of the NFL, how did you end up in construction? What was the, uh, how, yeah, were you always interested in real estate or how did that work? So I took a class uh, at USC in real estate development through the NFL. And then I went to a program where Congressman Elijah Cummings in 2008 was speaking. He was a great friend with Obama when he was alive. He was a congressman for the state of Maryland. He spoke at a historical black college called Morgan State, which is in Baltimore, Maryland. And he inspired me with his words of, Somebody in this room will be the next big minority contractor, real estate developer that will not just sit at the table, they'll create their own table for people to sit at. And that inspiration got me going. And that's why I was propelled to start the company, faced a lot of hardships, had a lot of difficult times. And then when my mentor went out of business, he was a dirt work contractor a huge void opened up and we were kind of thrust into that dirt work contractor role. And that's when we had massive explosive growth, which was too much for us. We were not prepared to handle that really explosive growth. We got over leveraged. We got into some pressure we shouldn't have got into. As a result of those things, uh, German, we made some bad mistakes and we ended up going bankrupt after, you know, our, you know, after we made it about the five and a half year mark and bam, we we're out of business. 
And that's basically when uh, the uh, real estate market crashed, right? In 2008, 2008. So it crashed. So yeah, we started when it crashed and we grew it massively because we were a minority contractor, city contracts, you know, federally funded state contracts. And you know, the majority contractors need to hire minority contractors to fulfill those obligations, those regulations on the contract. So we were flooded with business. The problem was we just got very, not we, I just got very arrogant, very ego-driven, and I lost sight of how to treat people. And once that happened, German, I was, that was it for me. Nice. Let's, because um, now, well, are you still uh, investing in real estate? Yes. Okay. So, but let's, let's, for the people that want to get in construction, right? Because, I mean, that's, that's what we talk about in real estate. Run me through the actionable steps, and I'll talk about the most important steps that somebody might want to take if they want to get into, into construction. They want to get their, their uh, first there's a five step process. Number one, know the business, know enough about construction where you don't have to rely on a partner or your people to help you make sure you know what you're doing. That's huge. Number two, if you do get one, vet your partner run background checks, get their social security number. It, it costs you a few hundred bucks. That was one of my biggest mistakes, German. Got into the wrong, got into the right business with the wrong person. And I did not do that and it cost me dearly. Third, run background checks on your employees. If you hire people and you grow, end up making sure that you know their background, who they are, because they represent you in the field. Number four, always be properly funded. That was our mistake. Well, that was my mistake. We were funded for our development in concrete and demo work. But once we got into dirt work, German, we were playing a whole nother field and we were way underfunded for that industry. So that part of our business. And the fifth part, know when to walk away. A business is not a baby. It's not a person. It's a piece of paper. I flushed great money down a bad hole. If I had just learned how to put it, and I call it the 80-20 rule, invest 20% of your net worth trying to save your business. Once you get to the 20% mark, if you can't save it, walk away. I should have put it in about $400,000, dollars into the business. And once it wasn't saved, I should have walked away. But instead of putting the half a million in, it went to 750. Then went to a million, then it went to 1.5, then went to two. And next thing you know, two and a half million dollars later, I came a bill for three million with my all my, you know, with my uh, with my markup and all that stuff. It was denied. I had nothing in the bank left but pennies on the dollar. That's all I had left. That's awesome advice. That's great, man. Uh, so once you okay, so you already told us the story, you had the, the, the construction company. Um, you went to bankruptcy or right okay yep. and then you started different jobs during that during that um that uh the process of getting back on your feet right right well you you know you went through the whole depression you said you mentioned uh alcohol oh yeah um, i was i was big to alcohol after my nfl career ended and then again when i moved to raleigh after the bankruptcy, I was drinking Miller Lite. I couldn't afford anything else, but I was I was alcoholic massively at that time. Yes, man. Okay, cool. So, your 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 wife now 
back then she was your fiance, she helped you out. It was a, a viral part of, of that transition, right? And yep. you know, getting back on your feet, which is awesome, man. We also talk about family and the, uh, the, the, the fact that it's important that you have that type of support, you know? Oh. Um, so that's, that's very important. Now, now you're a motivational speaker and let, let, me, let me back up a little bit. Uh, you mentioned that you also invest in real estate. Are you a passive investor now or are you an active investor where you actually- So right uh, now I do a lot of passive because of my time with you know speaking, but you know I'm in the process of setting up some more things, automation so I can become more of an active investor, multifamily, apartment buildings, you know, mixed use. I've got a project in uh, New Mexico, I'm looking at one in Austin, but yeah, I'm passive right now because my commitments to my main job as a coach and a speaker and a you know consultant, but as you know, I get more systemized and able to create more income residually through courses, I will be getting out and doing more active investing in real estate. Okay. And let me ask you this before we jump into, into what you do now. Um, why real estate? Because real estate is a great way to invest in something and it has a huge upside, especially if you know the market and you know what you're looking at. Look at the comps. Look at what's going on. Look at, you know, who's buying, who's selling. I mean, like, for example, right now, it's a hot seller's market in residential. My God, I have clients that are realtors, uh, you know, commercial, residential. In the, st in the state of Denver, I'm sorry, in the state of Colorado, there's only 3,600 houses right now that are for sale. In, in the North Carolina, in Raleigh, where I'm at, in the Triangle area, I'm in, in the Research Triangle, there's only 2,500 houses. That's it. So real estate is where you can invest something and you can get in it, you know, the way you can afford it, either by joining and being a part of a syndication group, whatever you have to do, it allows you to manifest and grow a great asset over time. And it's a great way to put money in and, and give you tax credits and help you not to pay so much to Uncle Sam. There's a lot of benefits to real estate, but the only thing is know what you're getting into and for goodness sakes, invest with the right people. Yep. That's where people go wrong. They put their money with the wrong people. And then from there, it can really turn bad. I have helped one of my clients not invest with someone. And, you know, it's somebody that, you know, they just didn't see eye to eye. And I told, hey, look, no problem. This is what you want. It's what they want. Bam. Don't worry about it. No hard feelings. But he said, Marcus, Hiring you, I was able to not invest that $250,000 with the wrong person. So right there, I got all my money's worth and then some from hiring because you helped me to see that who I thought was going to be the right fit, that quarter million German would have been tied up for two to three years and he would have realized that, oh my God, they're going a different direction. It's not where I want to go. But if I want my money, it's going to be a, it's going to be a penalty, all this other stuff. And I helped him keep that quarter million dollars in his family's pocket and his wife, they, they love what we do to help him with his business. That's great, man. Uh, one of the things that I say, because I also coach a couple of people on, on real sure. estate, right? Um, and, and, and what I tell them, because it, it, especially the new investors, they want to put their money somewhere. And, and, and they're so eager to, to go and buy anything just to, just to say that they closed on I something. Got a, they, I got a deal. Yeah. And I tell them, just like, man, if you have the cash in your hand, don't treat your cash as if, a, if it was a hot potato, that you got to throw it somewhere and hoping that it grows or, or hoping that it moves somewhere. Because you have, if you have the cash, it's like educate yourself, just like you said, educate yourself, know the market, 
uh, know the people that you're going to invest with, um, and then and then put your money there. Your money's not going to lose value from one day to the next. No, it's not. It's not going to back in the day. And yeah. It's like, you know, you're going to wish you had took your time, shown patience to yep. not get in with the wrong people. Because the wrong people literally can cost you. I literally have a client that I'm going to start with. He's going to start with me in two, about a week and a half. Young guy was looking to build up 100K to, uh, you know, somebody said, oh, get 100K. You could be a credit investor, get in a trial deal. I said, dude, why are you going to work like, for three, four years, save this button and take all of your 100K and put into one deal? Yep. No, you don't need <laughs> to do that. You know, exactly. you don't need that. Like you need to be diversified. You need to do less. You know, you don't want to build everything up for four or five years of your life and take it and go into one deal spot that you really don't know because you're an accredited investor, man. No, that's not where you need to be at because you can get into other deals way less in and learn the business and diversify. This way you'll have multiple different assets. You'll have more doors and you'll be able to understand how it works, you know, different markets, what's working, what's not. You take all your cash into one deal. If that deal goes south, you're done. Gone. Yeah, all I know. It. Work for it's gone. Yep, I know, man. Okay, awesome, awesome advice, man. And, and, and for the people out there, hey, if I'm if I'm telling it, I got somebody saying the same thing, man. Because it's like cash is not a potato; it's not gonna lose value. Cash is from king. One day to That's the other. Cash is king. Exactly. So just if, if you have it, keep it, learn, educate yourself, and then invest it. Like yeah, with the, with the right people. Diversified. Now, so now you're a, a, a public and motivation speaker. Right. How do you go from, from, from NFL player, failure, um, oh, not failure, but uh, getting your construction business, yeah. Yeah. and then failing, you know, getting, getting up on your feet, and then building the courage and the... Uh, I'm guess I'm guessing the um, uh, the attitude to say, "Hey, my story is of value and can help people do this." So now I'm gonna do this. How first of all, how did you start, and how did that mentality? Uh, so like after my rock bottom moment, I came home, German, and I wrote down my three biggest strengths. I was good at telling stories. I was good at communicating, and I wanted to help people, especially NFL athletes, learn from my mistakes and not make my mistakes. I realized that NFL athletes and regular people have a lot of the same issues. So then I said, I want to start speaking, right? And 2013, I started September. Two and a half years, 30 months, German, told no on every job I went after for pay. 30 straight months. Finally got my first paid job from Miller Mock College in Wilmington, North Carolina. And I learned the business, got better at marketing, built myself up. And in the last five years, actually it's five years this month, because I just got my first page job in April. I've worked for 19 Fortune 500 clients. I consult for some of the largest companies in our country. One of them being one of the, is one of them being the fastest growing tomato brand in our country called Red Gold Quality of Elwood, Indiana. I have helped them to sharpen their sales skills with their staff, their leadership skills, and to become a even more successful company than they already are. They've had massive growth. They're the fastest growing tomato company, German, three times the closest competitor. I've been with them now for about a year and they love me and I love working with them. So they're, I'm helping with the operational side. And, and this is what people want to listen to this, uh, if you listen to this podcast. There's three ways that you can set your operational excellence to outperform anybody. Outpace, 
outperform. Okay, so you have out. So number one is outpace people. You have to outpace them and always keep one step ahead. Outsmart them. Learn, educate, and that's how you create value by learning and treat cash as king to make the right decision. And then outperform them. Get with the right team and get to the right deals and start making moves and making money. So again, outpace, outsmart, outperform. That's what I do for my clients as a coach, as a speaker. But I got into this and I had no fear. I'm like, look, here's what I tell you all the time, Jeremy. People are going to judge you regardless of what you do, what you say. See, so might as well own the truth. They're going to judge, oh, you're a football player. How did you lose all your money? How did you do this? Well, you know what? I got into business, made a lot of money, ran into a company that was a billion dollars, worth billions of dollars because my little 15 million, they ate me up. That's how I lost my money. I got into five from two jobs. You know, oh, you worked as a custodian, Marcus? I can't believe that. Why? I mean, $8 an hour. I mean, $311.13 a week, German. But you know what? It paid a bill. It paid a light bill. It paid whatever, whatever it had to do, it paid a bill. Yeah. You don't have, when you're, when you have nothing, you appreciate everything, right? It's kind of the old saying, when you, I, when, when you lose everything, you appreciate everything. And I tell everybody, at the end of the day, when you have nothing, you can't afford to have an ego, yeah. right? And I, and I still had the ego, but I did live a good way of working. But once I had that rock bottom moment, my ego was gone. I'm like, yep, never again will I have an ego. That's why I work hard. I mean, it's, it's nine o'clock at night podcast with you. Like that's the way in which I do things now. I work tirelessly, tirelessly. my team does, and it's all about marketing yourself to the right people. And that's what it's about. Awesome. Um, dude, for, for people, it's like, I'm, I'm one of those guys and my brother too, right? Uh, we're trying to build our, our brand. Uh, and I think we've got a, a pretty cool story. There's some people out there that, that are, uh, have pretty nice stories as well. And, and we know the importance of storytelling, right? Yep. How, do, how does someone or what type of education or what, that, what are the actionable steps for somebody to become like a, like a, like a, a motivational speaker or like a public speaker? So the number is three things you have to do. Number one, you have to identify your story, okay? Know what is your custom suit story, okay? Number two, you have to identify who is your target audience? Who are you trying to get in front of? Who does your story? Three, you've got to build action steps based off your life experience you can talk about to give people steps that they can do in their own lives. If somebody has me for a leadership talk, I know how I'm gonna talk about leadership. If somebody has me for a culture talk, I know I'm gonna talk about culture. If somebody has me for a sales talk, I know I'm gonna talk about sales. And here's the thing you need to also master, the elevator pitch. There's a four-step process to master the elevator pitch. The intro, the bridge, the connect, and the ask. Again, intro, bridge, connect, ask. Mastering these things as you're trying to get in front of people as a speaker will help you be able to streamline be much faster to get out in front of people. And again, I just spoke um, for Western Governance University. It's the largest online university in the country. Germany has about 125,000 students each year. And I was their graduation keynote commencement speaker. And I learned something that 
when you're able to share your story as a speaker and be real with people, but share the part of your story that aligns with what they hired you for, you're going to be a hit. I got a 96% approval rating from the graduates from my presentation. 96% of over 1,500 graduates said my keynote presentation, our keynote presentation that we put together, made a positive impact on their life and the action steps in it would help them thrive. The other 4% didn't fill it out. Man, that's awesome. 96%. So I coach a lot of people who want to be speakers, tell their story, get paid for it. It's a great way to make a living, but it's really hard to get started because you have to do what? Start at the bottom and work your way to the top. Yeah, yeah, it's like everything. And you said it. I mean, you worked uh, for so long uh, for basically for free, you know? For so, free. Yeah, that's, that's and I, I read it on your bio as well. So it's like, yeah, you have to start from the bottom and be willing to 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 see the, the end product, you know, where you want to get. And eventually, I'm, I'm pretty sure, and, and everybody that listens to us, it's, it's, it's a matter of learning how to network. Uh, like you say, have a, have a story, but then tailor that story to your audience. It could be the same story because your story doesn't change, but you have to tell it um, according to who you're telling it to. So you have, you have that approval rating. It's tailored to your audience. Your custom suit never changes. You just talk about more of the custom suit that pertains to the audience and then you challenge the audience and then you bring them action steps that are around what you've been hired for to help them alleviate a pain point or a problem to get progress in their life. That's what it's about. That's awesome. Who are you type of um, customers right now? Oh my God, German, I'm speaking for some large clients from technology to, to retail, to financial planning, insurance, you know, to real estate, to mortgages, to, you know, uh, real estate companies, you know, to big business and, you know, technology and science like Cisco or Siemens to, you know, I've got to talk to on Thursday for Valdosta to State to their business entrepreneurship program, higher education, you know, we work very hard to make sure our message fits a lot of people. And because of our consistency, I do a lot of podcasts, I interviews, people see us as a thought leader. And once they have seen us as that German, then from there, it's all about, does it make sense to work with us? Awesome. That's what we really work on. That's awesome. Who inspires you, man? Uh, he's no longer here, but my father was the best. My father, everything he did was to make sure his boys had a better life than him. And that's all that, that without him, I'm not here because I wouldn't have made it this far without seeing what he went through, his struggles to get where he was. He passed away early at 57, but he left a legacy that many people will never forget him. And, you know, it's, that's, he's all I talk about because he was everything that, that made me who I am today. That's awesome, man. Where, uh, where do you see yourself next? What's the plan? Where, how far are you going to get? We're working on automation of the business to creating some programs and then scaling up and getting into more high-level coaching, creating some masterminds, and then getting into several businesses that we align with. Like I own part of a company called Grind Oral Care, which is at www.grindoralcare.com. It is a oral hygiene company, toothpaste. You know, the, my business partner, Roger Gindelsberger, is a veteran, works for the Army, I'm sorry, works for the Air Force in Salt Lake City. It's a great toothpaste. We've got some great traction. 
brands like uh, companies like Kroger, who's actually a fortune, a top, uh, they're a fortune five company. Kroger is one of the top in the country. I think they're like number two behind Walmart. As far as most, you know, fortune 500 companies, they've shown interest in our product. Uh, we're on Walmart, we're on Amazon, you know, we're getting some great, some things going that are awesome. And I tell everybody, it's just the consistency that we're putting into effect and it's helping us on a massive level. So again, I'm all about getting automated to start getting to more businesses, doing more things that align with our brand, our mission and our mantra to help us escalate. And so I can continue to do what I love to do, which is coach people, but also become sit on boards and things of that nature. That's pretty amazing, man. I, I, I love it, man. Uh, and, and I, I mean, uh, I don't want to take too much of your time anymore. The uh, the story, the uh, actionable steps. I, I think that our audience and our, our uh, the people that are watching this this video on our YouTube channel are gonna really appreciate it, um, and they're gonna be. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are gonna uh, uh, reflect and and kind of uh, see themselves uh, or the stories on your story, and uh, that's very important. And I mean, we all fail. We all have our egos. You know, sometimes our egos get hurt and, and it's, it's, it's a process. People think that, you know, they hear this, these episodes and it's like, you know, 30, 40 minutes episodes and they think that, that the process is quick. You know, it's like, well, how, how do they get out from one day to the other, man? It, it, sometimes it takes years, you know, for, for you yeah. to actually, yeah, you slap your, yourself in the face and you have that other, that, that other you that is, is, is basically telling you all the time, Hey, you need to get the hell out of this hole. You need to help get, the get hell up, out. man. Yeah, you keep pushing. So yeah. yeah, it took me. I've been doing this for seven and a half years, five years paid work, and it's always a grind. But the yeah. way I treat my business now, with the work ethic and doing things, is that's why we have success. And I have some amazing team members that were all aligned to the shared vision, and that's how we're having success. That's amazing, bro. So uh, where can people find you? When can people know more about you? So sure. you. They, they can go to our website, www.marcusmarquesogden.com. They can go to our Instagram, at Marcus Ogden, LinkedIn, Marcus Ogden, Facebook, Marcus Ogden, Twitter, at Marcus underscore Ogden. Shoot us a message. There's a text me button, chat button that's on our website. Shoot us a text. We'll get back to you. Shoot me an email, Marcus underscore Ogden at yahoo.com and get in touch with us, man. We just have to chat with people, see if we can help you with turning your goals into accomplishments. That's pretty amazing, man. Hey, I really appreciate it for the uh, audience out there. Please give us some love. If you like this uh, episode, uh, give us some comments, some five-star reviews. And I appreciate, I appreciate Marcus, your, your time. Amazing story. Um, and I hope to uh, stay in touch with you, man. Sounds good. I'll, I'll close with this. When you're trying to sell to somebody, do three things, bring emotion, bring trust, and bring, and bring rationalization, i.e. logic. If people have an emotional connection to you, they begin to trust you, and they can justify with logic working with you or buying your product or service, you will greatly increase your sales close conversion rate. Again, emotion, trust, and rationalization, i.e. logic. Awesome, man. I'm going to steal those for, uh, for one of my posts. <laughs> Uh, I'll, tag, I'll, I'll tag you on it, man. So there you go, really man. Pre- That's all I ask. Give us I, really pre- I really appreciate your time, brother. Always, man. Have a good day, Jeremy. Thanks for having me oh. on, man. All right, man.